0: the end of the year they would always have a, a rowing match between all universities and the yeshiva university always, always lost and they wanted to find out why is it that they always lose so they decided to send a spy to Yale university and the spy comes back all excited he says we, we're doing it all wrong it's supposed to be one person yelling and eight people rowing And the truth is, this is what al Rebbe said in Tanya, that the B.S. On Mashiach is Tolui, B'maisenu, B'abedesenu, Kolzman Meshachagolos, Kolzmanagolos. As the Rebbe at one Sunday by dollars pointed out very emphatically, the Rebbe pointed and he, he responded. He says, if I am the Rebbe, I am saying, and he pointed with his finger, you are responsible for bring Mashiach, you are responsible, he pointed to everyone around him. And the Rebbe asked the question: If we are the ones who bring Mashiach through Torah mitzvahs, why is it only the Torah mitzvahs that we do during Golus? Calls man When you do Torah mitzvahs, why dafka when you do Torah mitzvahs in Golis? And The Rebbe explains because it's in Golas that you see the chiddush of a yid. You see what a yid is capable of doing. Dafka in Golus. And like Hasidus explains, the Pasik says, Isha kisazriya viyold azachar. And the Gemara says that when the woman conceives first, she gives birth to a azachar. And the Darishainim will bring philosophers that explain, it makes no sense. Why? Isha the viyold azachar? And they explain because it's not from the Isha, it's from the Ish. But the Alta Rebbe says that's not the simple meaning. The simple meaning of the Chazal is is, She is the one who is the cause of the Zohar. She brings the Zohar. And it's like the Alta Rebbe told the Tzemach Tzedek. When the Tzemach Tzedek refused to become Rebbe, the Alta Rebbe told him, he says, That's your mother, the Red isha that's you and you are the you are the Yidish. and this is a marshal on the jewish people and at the everest and the yidin the everest is the chasen the yidin are the isha and the traitor is telling us only the ever has the power to create and who did he give that power to he gave that power to the woman and that's why she is the creator. And that's why And when do you see the ability of the woman, the ability of the yid to create? You see it in the time of darkness. And there are different levels. And which explains why as the goddess continues it just gets darker and darker. You know, at Chabad we have a minute, we study between Pesach and the Shavuos, we study Mesach the So at the end of Mesach the the Gemara talks about the Simonim, the signs of Ikvissat the Mashiach. And right before Mashiach comes, things get so dark, and it gets darker and darker. An Ein and every day that the Golos continues, the Golos is not passive. Every day that the Golos continues, we have a Chiddush, a Chiddush in Golos. a new korban, a fresh korban. Whoever the Beisambigdus was not built in that day, in his day and age, it's a new Chorbit. Not only didn't the Elisha bring Mashiach, the to made a new Chorbit. A deeper depth in the darkness of God. And the question is, why is this a preparation for the coming of Mashiach? When you prepare for something, the preparation has to be, has to reflect the thing you're preparing for. Why is this the preparation for Mashiach? The deepest darkness. The answer is because it's only in this darkness that you see the ability of a Yid. That a Yid is a creator. A Yid has the ability to create. And in general, you have three different levels. The first level is that you see Yid Shreit Me'ol Mitecha You see the power and the strength of oil. The fact that oil is able to reach, the light is able to reach and to penetrate the darkness and it's able not to be affected by the darkness you see the strength of earth. that earth is substance and darkness is void and a little light dispels a lot of darkness I'll never forget when we visited Russia in 1986 this was before Perestroika, Glasnost with my chave Rabbi Shfalter, in Costa Rica and we visited the Tzadik of Leningrad then it was Leningrad Rabbi Kogan. And he told us a story. That he himself heard this story. The Russian government in the early seventies invited Jan Pierce, the famous opera singer, Jewish opera singer, to sing, to perform in Russia. One of his pieces that he prepared was I believe. And this was broadcast on Russian radio. Sr. Rav is telling us, he heard this from the Yid, the Yid comes home from work, he was exhausted, and the radio is on. And all of a sudden in his dream, he's semi-awake, semi-dreaming, he hears from Russian radio. In the early 70s, <speaking in Hebrew> The Kaiser said, I am Kaiser. And the Russian Tsar said, I am Tsar. Is Kadal, is Kadash made up. He was pinching himself. It's impossible. Russian radio, he came to the only logical conclusion, Mashiach must have come. It's one thing if you hear the Kadesh here. But if you hear in such a setting, in such darkness, it gives you the goosebumps. You realize the power, you realize the strength and the power of earth. And what's true on a global scale is also true in our own personal life. It's the struggle, the wrestling match between, between the two and Nefesh HaLikiz, which is Eul, the Nefesh abames, the instinctive soul, the natural soul, the animal soul, the impulsive soul, which is Chosheh. And the fact that the Nefesh the has enough strength to not to be affected by the Nefesh abames, and to win the, the struggle, to the triumph, it brings out the strength. Of the Nefesh But the truth is, it's much deeper than that. Because the Nefesh is very ambitious. The Nefesh is not satisfied in triumphing and winning over the Nefesh The Nefesh al wants, wants to transform the Nefesh He wants the Nefesh is also to love the Ebersh. And what's true on a microcosm is also true on a global scale. A yid is not satisfied that we serve the Eberster. But as the Gemara says, whoever says, Amen, Yeheish, Abba, with all his strength, even if there is a decree in heaven against you, for 70 years it's torn apart. Why? What's Amen, Abba, a Yid is not satisfied that we love the We want to make sure that We want to make sure that every single human being, that the entire world, We want the entire world to love the When you truly love someone, it's not enough that you love them. You want everyone to love them. So the, yid, the Nefesh HaLakias wants to transform the how do you transform Cheshev? How do you transform darkness? Darkness doesn't respond to godliness. And Hasidus explains, because the Nefesh is essentially, it's not evil. It's neutral. The impulsive soul, basically, what, what is a person looking for in life? What does a person really want in life? A person is looking for energy, passion, life. Materialism per se, if it's not exciting, It's not interesting. It has to be entertaining. It has to be exciting. It has to be interesting. It has to be life, passion. That's really what a person is looking for in life. Because a person who lives a life, an impulsive life, just follows his instincts, you become jaded. You're dead inside. There's no soul. There's no passion. There's no life. You look into the eyes of a chassid. You see life. You see innocence. You see purity. You see it, it's excitement, and that's what attracts me. I don't understand this, but I see something that I like. There's life. We're coming from somewhere, we're going somewhere, there's a purpose, there's a mission, there's a... And even though they don't understand, this is how you start attracting, this is how you start educating. You never you start harnessing and transforming that even you should also start enjoying but even this is very limited because ultimately you have not really transformed the darkness itself you have transformed that part of the darkness that could become a vehicle for God's but the darkness itself cannot be reached. The ultimate khidr, the ultimate novelty, is the ability to transform the darkness itself into light, the bitterness itself into sweetness, the negative itself into positive. As Al brings the zaya, your ba'yakoy. When Rabbi Chiyah wanted to enter into the yeshiva, into the heichel of Rabbi Shimon bar So Rabbi Shimon B'yichoy said, whoever has not transformed darkness to light is not allowed into my heichel. Because this is the essence of Rashbi. Rashbi had the ability to transform negative into positive. As the famous story with Rashbi and the Gemara, two Tanoyim students of Rajbi, Talon students, Rabbi Yenison ben Asmai, Rabbi Hudu ben Gedim, came to visit him. And when they left, Rajbi told his son, Rabbi Lazar, go escort these two, and I'll give you a bracha. Fine, he escorts them. He listens to their conversation. They turn to him. They say, what do you want? He said, my father sent me to receive a bracha. So sure, we'll give you a bracha. May you sow your field, and you should never, never reap your field. May you take in merchandise, and may you never take in uh, any money. May you sell things, and you should never bring in any money. May your home be destroyed, and you should only live in the inn. Your table should be overturned, and you shouldn't live to see the new year. Oh you bet, right. Abrach, Abrah, Abrach, he comes home to his father, and the says no. Did he get a bracha? He says, This is what they told me. Ah, he says, "You don't understand. It's all bracha. You should reap the field. It means you should have children. You should sow. You should sow the field. You should have children. The for Shalom parents should never bury their children. You shouldn't reap. You should take in merchandise. You should bring daughters-in-law into your home. Become part of your family." Chas for Shalom, your children should not die young, they they should return to their family. You should give your daughter's hand in marriage, and their husband shouldn't die young, that they would have to return back home. This world is compared to a temporary place, an inn. The grave is a lot more permanent than this world. So they gave you a bracha, You you shouldn't see the cater, you should live long in this world, in this temporary inn. Your table should be overturned. You should have kindalach and emetalach making a tumult and a messenger in the dining room. And you shouldn't live to see the new year because there's a mitzvah in the Torah, the first year you get married, you have to spend with your wife. You're not allowed to leave town. So, you shouldn't lose your your spouse, your wife. You'd have to remarry and you would have to celebrate again the first year. So, the Rebbe points out. That only Abishurim by had the ability to take a curse, a klala, and to reveal that the klala itself is really a bracha. It's all brachas, and that's why, as Rav Hillel has said in the name of the al Rebbe, Abishurim by was beyond the korban. For Abishurim by there was no korban. There was no destruction. Abishurim by suffered more than anyone else. He lived in the cave for 13 years, but there was no korban. So much so that he was upset when the Talmud of the Arizal, or of Brahma Lady, who used to say Nachim, we say it only once a year in Tisha he used to say it every time we said the long Shemin he would say Nachim. In Bilit Rishalayim he would say Nachim, because he was a Gilgal of the Nesham of Yirmia and Navi, and he felt the Chorban, he ached and pained over the Chorban, and every single day, when we'd say a regular Shemin even including Rosh Hash he would say Nachim. And he said it even on Lag B'Oym. And Rabschum Bayichoi got very upset. On my day of my Simcha, you're saying nah. because Rabschum Bayichoi was connected to the goal. That's why Lag B'Oym is such a tremendous celebration. The high Sefer Yitgum be'Be'kalusa. Yitgum are going to go out of the Golus with the Sefer Hazayah. And Rabschum Bayichoi is beyond the Churban. And how much more so, the Baal The the Torah, the Baal Shemtev, the Kiddush of the Baal Shemtev. The Baal Shemtiv's Torah is the Torah of Mashiach. L'chshayef fuzum, a zecha chutzah, Mashiach told the Baal When your Torah will spread, that will bring the coming of Mashiach, because that is Teirat of Mashiach. And what's the Kiddush of the Baal Shemtev? The Kiddush of the Baal Shemtev is not only that every Yid has a Neshamah, the deep down inside, every yid has a pintle yid. The Kiddush of the Vashem Tov is far more profound. As the Fidduch said, in the name of the Vashem and the Pasuk, nafshom behem satov." So the Vashem said, when a yid is hungry, when your body is hungry, you're hungry. You think that you're hungry because your body is hungry. But the truth is you're hungry to the nitsa telekih you're hungry for the godly sparks. That what we think is physical hunger is really godly hunger. Why is it that human beings have insatiable appetites? Because at the very core and at our very essence we are godly. The essence of the Gulf is connected with the essence of Hashem. And therefore since the Hashem is undefined Therefore, we have an insatiable appetite. Nothing could satisfy our hunger because what we're really hungering for is not cashless, is not physical, material, external. Power, money, fame, nothing could possibly satisfy our deep need and hunger because what we're really hungering for is for the essence of Hashem. And the only way to satisfy that hunger is only through Tayyip and And the new level the third level, the level of darkness, the greatest level of darkness, which really began the post holocaust generation, when Yiddishkeit shifted to At HaTachteh, as the saying that the Abbeyan bring, that Martin Taylor didn't even reach this Western Hemisphere.
1: The Western Hemisphere
0: was given in the higher part of the world, when the world became so fagreft, so coarse, that it's not even a vessel for Gathes. And that in this setting. you see the ultimate chiddush. It's a beautiful story, and Fidei was in Chicago, bigger Chicago. The Kramer family. It was very helpful and friends of Beisarab. One of the Kramer brothers lived in Chicago, the Fiddikederber came to town. He wanted his children to meet to meet the Fiddikederber. And one of his children had no interest, no interest in Yiddish He Was actually very very chutzpahlic. He says, "I have no interest in meeting an old European rabbi." Anyway, the Fiddikederber came to visit his business, his office, and his son worked in the same building. His father sent a message to his son, come, the devil is here, come, see he the Fidei He says, I'm not interested. The Fidei comes to the office and he says, where's your son? He told him the truth, he was embarrassed. He says, my son is not interested. The Fidei says, I'm going to go meet him. So they took him downstairs, and he acted very chutzpahic, no shame. American style. Put his feet on the chair, on the desk. It was very chutzpah. His father wanted to bury himself in shame. The feeling of sad, commented. He says, you know, he turns to Mr. Kramer. He says, I like your son. He says, with his chutzpah, he says, he can conquer the world. It wasn't the spall from the the grubkay, and the coarseness of the contrary, The ability to transform the Choyshech itself into er, and we saw that the most by the Rebbe, the Shabbos of all the rabbin. The Rebbe said, Tafshin Yud, Bo HaShemesh, Zalach HaShemesh, The realness here started Tafshin Yud, and Tafshin Yud the Rebbe once said is if you turn the letters around is Evan Shasia, Shasia. We know the Evan Shasia, there was no Khurban. Beyond Khurban, the Oran and the Luchis are buried, are hidden under the Harabayas. They're there, but they're buried, they're hidden. The Evan Shasia was never buried, it's there, it's open, it's revealed. It's beyond Khurban. It's not Shayat the Khurban. And we saw that. We saw that despite the fact that we're living in the darkest moment, just like by Mitzrayim, the moment of the Yom Mesh you can feel the Choshach, it's such a Choshach. And in that time, you saw the ultimate Kiddush of the letter, the ability to transform the darkness itself into light. This vainness, not the the bitterness and the sweetness. And we saw something that's unprecedented, just like we find by Moshe Rabbeinu. But when Nisim before, by Abraham doing Nisim, by Yitzchot, Yitzchot, Yaakov, but Nisim on such a grand, global scale, for 40 years, that was a Kiddush of Moshe Rabbeinu, Koshvi'in Chavidin, Na Yisur Ad-Revah. We saw Nisim, Klaus Thrall saw Nisim in our generation on such a global scale. The Nes of Eretz Yisrael and the Nes that Rabbi Warburg mentioned tonight is the 40th anniversary of the Six-Day War. And the Nisim on a global scale, the collapse of communism. And today for the first time in Jewish history, there isn't a single year in the world. Not a single yid in the world who doesn't have the opportunity to study Torah and their mitzvahs. And Yiddishkeit is flourishing today in every corner of the world, in ever shlukim. Bamidgar, we started reading by Midbar, the ability to take a Midbar, a Midbar Shmama, a Midbar where only snakes and scorpions could feel at home. A place that's the antithesis of Gethlikai. It's not even a caliph for Getluch-Gay. A place that anyone could have sworn 30 years ago, nothing is going to grow here. You cannot grow in such a parched land. And today you have thriving, flourishing, homegrown communities, literally in every corner of the world. The ultimate Kiddush. And what was the Rebbe's theme song? Which is our shlittest to every Yid living in our community. of no amir. Our shlichus is to tell every single year living in our community that everyone is obligated, every single year is obligated to say to himself that the whole entire world is on an equal scale and that I single-handedly have the ability through my Yisraachas, Deidwudach, Mashaupach, I have the ability because I'm a yid. I'm a Helvach, i a I have the ability to single-handedly close the deal, create the critical mass, and bring the gulah. And the Rebbe would always say the difference between gulah and gulah is ours. What's ours? One year, one mitzvah has the ability. The story with the Tz. 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 once turned to his chassidim and he said, you know, Mashiach is ready to come. He's waiting for the last year to do the last mitzvah. He said, Rebbe, Please, tell us, where is this year? We'll go to the end of the world. We'll go to Australia. We'll go to the end of the world. Tell us where this year is. Let them do the mitzvah already. And enough with Yiddish atzadet. So the devil smiles and says, maybe it's you. And every year to live with this thought, on a Wednesday afternoon, on a regular day, I, who am I? Insignificant. There's no such thing. I have the ability and I have the privilege. And the awesome responsibility—I can't rely on this and that one. Every one of us has to take the responsibility. But the ultimate chiddush, you know, the ish is In order to beget the yeledes, we have to invoke a response. We need the ish Mazriya. as the Rebbe always used to tell us. Mitzvah Mashiach is the Eveshter's mitzvah. We are doing our shia, our part. But ultimately, the Ebersch that has to stir. The Ebersch that has to shift. Something has to move. And after Chavchaz mitzvah, the devil was, the Deber was very excited. It was a tremendous chiddush then. The Rabbanim came out with a Psakdin. din. And Abundant from all over the world came out with the Pesach din that the apostle must bring Mashiach. And the devil was very excited. You don't find in and Atrubus, from Gedollah, Israel, you don't find anywhere that an Abundant paschkinning Mashiach should come. A rub paschkin, a chicken is kosher, sure it's not kosher. Sure. Where is it? Who is this Where do you find that a rub should take upon himself the paschkin Mashiach? has to come, it has to come. But this is a Kiddush. A youth has to know who he is. A youth has to know that he has the ability to push the envelope, he has the ability to create a Kiddush. And a yid has the ability to demand and to urge from the Ebershter that machine. he must bring Mashiach. And just like the Geulah, that came after the Hurdun by Yisrish, the Ebershter did not respond to Abraham, we know he didn't respond to Yitzvah. He responded, "Rachel, Rachel, Mabaka Albana. It was Rachel's Mesiris Nefesh for later. Rachel's Mesiris Nefesh that she wasn't buried with the Akin just for the sake of the children. That stirred that evoked the Ishmaeliyah that evoked the Alezisah, the Alezisah, that evoked the Gerubim, the Binyan Bayashimah. And the same is true in our day and age, in our boats. It's Rahul who represents Yin. And this convention is dedicated. And that's why when Mr. Spritzer asked me to speak, I couldn't say no. It's dedicated. To my dear grandmother, Babaramya, Rachel Vasancyan, who passed away. We Nissen nothing at all the here, and here we all know the Rashi table. Vabrov, Yitzchok, Yaakov, Rachel. At the age of 99, my two aunts are sitting here. Rebashkin, Reb, Rebashkin, and uh, just like Rachel, my grandmother had a very tragic life. She was separated from her husband. She lost her husband at a very young age. He was a widow for 63 years. And she herself came from a very illustrious family. She married into a illustrious family. She herself came from an illustrious family. And Tian Rubenson was an U-anikub, one of the biggest Hasidim of the Al Rebbe He was one of those Hasidim he himself gave graphis. And he gave a bracha, I think until three generations all their children, grandchildren will all be through. And take all that whole family is all through. And she married Markihersh Haratana, the son of Adam the composer of the Bainani, and the song that we sing in honor of Yudvey's Gimothamla's Hagagullah and hundreds of Khiddishanaguna and from the city of Nikolayev, the, the Rebbe's birthplace. Most of the songs that the Rebbe taught, the 10 Nagunim that the Rebbe taught, are all from Nikolayev. the old Charatan of the Nagunim. Abraham Charatan the father of all the brothers. And some of our most popular Nagunim, that Rebbe loved to sing. It was, all, it was all from the city of Nikolayev. And at my, at their wedding in 1930, and Adam composed the song. My papa's parents, Bencian and Sarah, Ruben's son, she, she was called Sarah. She named the three daughters, the three daughters and three sons, named the three daughters after the most. The first one was Rivka, uh, Mubileva, and Rachel, and Leah, and Leah Futterfax. So he composed the song of the words, Rachel Mavak al in honor of her wedding. And little did he, did he know that, that that reflected her life. Her husband was drafted in the army. They lived in a little city in Ukraine called Karalevich. They were fleeing from the Nazis. And they got stuck in a little, a little village next to Saratov, which is a big city in Russia. And she was all alone, amongst 300 Goyish families, the only Jewish family, with four Pitzalach Medelachs, four little girls. My mother and Lucia Vogel in London, my two aunts are here. And for two years, although there was a terrible hunger, She didn't take any trefis into her mouth. She barely survived on... She scrapped together wheat every day, some kernels of wheat. She used to make a soup, and that's where she lived now for two years. And single-handedly raised her children, kept chaves and Yantiv, even baked matzah for pesto. And then she realized that this can't go on. When she stopped receiving letters from her husband, who unfortunately, died in the Russian front, 1944. She decided she has to leave. She found out that her sister, Leah and Mendel Futafas are in Samarkand, in Uzbekistan. Hundreds of Lubavitch families made their way to Samarkand during the war, away from the Nazis. She decided by hook or by crook, she has to get there. Otherwise she's not gonna survive another winter like this. Although she was terrified of the dark in Russia, You had to get permission to make any move. She couldn't just go. So to get to the office, to get permission, she had to travel a day and a half or two days. And she went. She was terrified, but she went by foot. She comes to the office. And the bureaucrat said, No, I'm not giving any permission. Anyone who knew my grandmother, she was able, she couldn't yell. She was the epitome of able kind. But what won't the mother do for her children? She started banging on the table, and she said, "How dare you! My husband is in the front, and you're sitting here, and you're not giving me permission." He said, "I'm not leaving here until you give me permission." And he saw that she meant it; that this is for real. So he gave him permission, and they allowed both her and all of her four daughters to travel, and she made her way to Samatan. And her whole life, 99 years. Ms. Snefesh, of Emmas. And just like she, she banged on the table. She reflects what Kali Yisrael is. The Debit told us that we have to say, we want Mashiach now. He didn't even say, he didn't say we should say, please bring Mashiach now. He didn't Kali Yisrael, was so able. But when it comes to our children, when it comes to something that's Negeya, we bang on the table. We have to demand, not please. We want Mashiach. And, and we're not accepting no for an answer. And we have to remember, it ever taught us, it ever reminded us what a Yid is. It ever reminds us, a Yid has the ability to create a Chiddush. If a Yid decides, Am Ksheh it ever taught us, if a Yid will truly decide, it ever says, if there were 10 Yidin who meant it with an it ever not playing with words. If there were 10 Yidin in the world, who meant it with an who would not bang on the table and tell the Ebersteh, we're not taking no for an answer, we need Mashiach now. There's no question. That the Abishta will respond, respond, and the Ebersteh will stir. And as the was said by the Blamey Rally, Rally, we won't need to travel by plane, we won't need to travel by train, by plane. In one split second, we'll find ourselves in Eretz Yisrael, and we're getting ready to read to read the Torah, Matan Teutra. The Asseles And all of them ask the question, the first of the Asseles HaDivris. It says, Where is the mitzvah? It's not a mitzvah, it's a declaration, it's a statement. I am Hashem, but I But the Gemodist says clearly it's a mitzvah. The Asseles are ten mitzvahs. Where is the mitzvah? So there's a tremendous chiddush written by the smart, one of the rishonim who counts the Tayak mitzvah. And he says that there is a mitzvah here. What's the mitzvah? The mitzvah is to believe that just like Hashem <laughs> took us out of mitzvah, even though we were not worthy, so too we have to believe whether we're worthy or not that the Abish is going to take us out of this goal. And this is the first mitzvah. a Anoyot. Hashem. Aleka, Hashem. 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 And then we go to the next mitzvah. So the Rebbe asked the question, why won't the Yid bow down to an idol under the threat of death? It's not idolatry. If you don't believe in it, it's not idolatry. The guy who's holding a gun to your head, he knows that you don't believe in it. Yeah. So it's, it's not idolatry. Or, why would the Yid throw his life away? I can hear you. Chama and her seven son. May. Why did they throw their life away? For what? To prove what? If they would have lived, they would have grown up to become Tandoyim. And they just threw their life you Now The devil explains that this is the essence of what a Yid is all about. For a Yid, it's not an option to be disconnected from the Ebershter, even for a split second. Even though it's only external, superficial, the appearance, it's simply not an option for a Yid. And the practice practices what he preaches. So the, the fact that we have a lega This moment is a split second, just a split second, that there's a darkness. For the first time in Jewish history, we don't see the Devah Be'il From the times of again, from the times of Adam there never was a moment in history, in world history, in Jewish history, that you can't see the tzadik you so although, the, despite the fact that Timism is not Kephrita, it's not accepted. Where's the Ebersted in Siddharth Just like a Yid can't be disconnected from the Ebersted even for a split second, even if it's only external, the Ebersted has to practice what it preaches. The Ebersted also is so connected to a Yid that even though the entire Meirim of de is called Rega Katina it's only for a split second, but even a split second is too long. Even if it's only external. And the Ebershid has to be most and has to reveal himself. And then what's the next mitzvah? You're not allowed to swear falsely. The very first time that the Ebershid spoke to the very first year, Abramavid, by the brethren of Sodom, the very first thing that he promised him was knizi, kadmoyni, moyo the east bank of the Jordan which is going to come with the, the Mesa Mashiach, 3,800 years ago, the to the swear, not in the Medrash, in the Torah, in the Bible, in front of all the nations of the world. 3,800 years later, they're talking about giving back the little piece of all that we have today. What happened to the to swore? And then you go by it the next mitzvah is you have to keep Shabbos. After Shabbesa, we had Mashiach Suda at the Chabad house, and at the end of the Suda, we went around the room asking people to say something about Mashiach, how they relate to Mashiach. And there was a young, uh, a young person there, who comes from a very prominent family in the Upper East Side. And he got up, he spoke, he spoke very movingly. He said, Till two weeks ago, I had no idea what Mashiach is." But I saw at Chabad, there was a lecture that says everything you wanted to know about Mashiach and were afraid to ask. Shabbaton. So he came, and he said, and I asked the question. It says, after 120 years, a person has asked three questions. Were you honest in business? Did you set aside time to study Torah? And did you wait for Mashiach, Tikhisili Yeshua? He says, I understand the first two. Did you set aside the time to study Torah? Didn't you set aside time to study Torah? Are you honest in business or you're not honest in business? That's clear. What do you mean to peacefully assure What does it mean? And he said that he heard that there's a magic. It's the ninth inning. All the bases are loaded. He it's not a nail-biter. He read the most suspenseful novel. You're up to the last page. You can't wait to read the end of what's going to happen. We are now at the end of Jewish history. We are at the end, the culmination of 3,800 years. It's a nail-biter. We're at end of Shabbos, right before this bench. We've been waiting for this moment, Sunday and Monday, and Rishul HaShabbos, Shemul HaShabbos, Shabbos. We've been talking about Shabbos all the time. Now we are Bena Shmoshes. We are literally at the last moment before. It's a nail-biter. How can you not think about it and, and talk about it and prepare for it? <laughs> the Ebershah should help. We're about to go to Shavuos. Matum was the Nishti The first part of the marriage in the Ebershah and Yidin. And Mashiach will be the time when the Ebershah will consummate the marriage. 3300 years. Yidin A it. If the Eberster is toxic. It's an abnormal situation. Eberster for 3,300 years. And we haven't consummated the marriage. The Eberster will consummate the marriage only when he rebuilds the third base Amikdash. And he gathers 14 million yidn will be dancing in the streets of Yiddish Alayim. So yid has the right to demand and to ask the Eberster. And the Eberster will surely answer our heartfelt sincere prayers, and he won't be able to remain indifferent to Rachel, to the demands of Rachel, Rachel Imeinu, and all the Rachel's, and all the all the Nashim the who are sitting here and who precede, precede us, and the Ebersteh, Chal who is compared to Rachel, the Israel will not be able to remain indifferent our tefillah and our demand and we'll be that the devil will lead us out of and take us, and be and